Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Today, we are delving into the real estate world. Julie Chin is a realtor licensed in Maine, Vermont, and New Hampshire. She leads a team of agents licensed in those states as well as upstate New York. Julie is also the author of the Real AF Guide for New Real Estate Agents, except for the actual word that you might be thinking of is in there if you're doing a Google search. And she is also the creator of the Real AF Toolkit. She currently shares her wisdom in a private Facebook forum and podcast and offers online weekly coaching support sessions and mentoring. Her mission is to be an advocate for new real estate agents. So after the exam, they have a safe landing place to seek wisdom and guidance on the path to success. Now, Julie herself has had a great deal of her own success, of course. In her first two years as a real estate agent, she went from being overwhelmed and scared with zero confidence to over $10 million in annual sales. And we want to know how she did that. Welcome to the Hazard Girls podcast, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy that you guys found us, that your team found us. Um, and reached out about this because this is extremely relevant um, to our audience. As you know, a lot of our audience um, are women in construction and fields and um, male populated fields, but that really does overlap a lot with the real estate industry because real estate is all about buildings. So there's a lot of overlap there. And of course, um, safety boots are needed in all of these professions, which is which is our whole mission. So I'm really glad you found us and are are able to be here. Now, how did you get involved? I want to hear your story. How did you get involved with the real estate field? Well, I had started college in 2015 at the age of 47, Um, a little late. (laughs) I was going through a divorce and I'd never worked and all of a sudden found myself needing to figure out how to earn my own money and support my kids. I have three, three girls. And so I I just knew from my childhood, my mom saying you have to go to college. So that was literally just no thought. I just immediately did that. And I graduated in March of 18. And the year before I took the real estate class, because I was just always interested in real estate, but it was decided early on that I would be a stay at home mom. So I never pursued it. So Uh I took the class. That was fun, but I was terrified of the exam. So I was just going to procrastinate that thing as long as I could. Uh And um, when I graduated from college that month and I started looking around in my small community for work, my child, who was a teenager at the time, earned more per hour at Michael's than I would with Uh my degree. So I was sitting there thinking about the real estate class. And then I realized I had two weeks to take the exam or I'd have to take the whole course all over again. So that just 
that did it for me. And I never looked back. And, you know, I get to use psychology in my job every single day. Yeah. So, well, so that, that's so true. I mean, a lot of times we, we study something, we get a degree in it and we don't think we use it, but then like, if, if you really delve in, you aren't using it. So I'm sure you use psychology in, in real estate now. Okay. So you, I, I, I know a lot of people who have gotten into real estate as a second or third career, like later in life. And, um, do really well with it and it is a, it looks like a very glamorous profession when you look on the surface I don't know if it is you can tell us more about that but um <laughs> that's t- that's the tv version <laughs> okay <laughs> but uh, yeah I would I would love to you know hear about because you mentioned that you were completely um intimidated when you and overwhelmed when you first started and I, that's completely understandable given that you were going back to work after um, you know, being a stay-at-home mom for so long, not being in the the workforce. Um, so how, what was that like? And how did you start to come out of that? Well, and that's a great question. The reality is it doesn't matter if someone's had multiple jobs and worked their entire adult life. There is still this feeling of being lost after you pass the exam. It's like you fall off a cliff. You have worked so hard studying, studying, studying to pass this exam. Your adrenaline's up, you pass, you're on cloud nine, and then you quickly realize you have absolutely no idea how to do the job. There's so many facets to it, whether you know, you've got customer service, you have accounting, you have marketing, you have legal documents that you're responsible for, mm-hmm. and you're wanting to find customers and clients and then have them trust you with their biggest asset or their biggest purchase. It's insanely overwhelming. And I felt undeserving of that trust because I was completely, completely lost. I had no frame of reference. So I just started training and going to as many classes as the brokerage offered all around our state. I just, every week I was driving somewhere five days a week. And that's how I started. And I would ask agents questions, but a lot of agents are territorial and they don't share. So mm-hmm. that makes it even harder for that newer agent. And you're already walking around and feeling a little uncomfortable and afraid of asking certain questions. You don't want to seem dumb. Um, so there's just all these things that you're working against there for a while. Hmm. Well, you mentioned something about um, some of the agents being territorial. And I'm just wondering the way it works in real estate, is everyone a competitor against each other? hundred percent. I mean, you can still like each other and respect each other and work well together, but at the end of the day, you're competition. And how do you break through that territorialness and that culture of competition to try to find help? I just didn't give up. I I just kept asking. So for me, my, the brokerage that I joined and I'm still with, we have offices in, I don't know, four or five different towns, probably more now. And so to go to another town and start asking questions, I think probably opened the door a little bit more for me, right? Because here I'm talking to someone who works in a market that's two hours from where I live. So they're not going to view me as competition. Mm. So that, that worked for me, I think at the time. 
they just wow. none of us knew that I would literally be driving everywhere for my job. So I am massive competition. <laughs> <laughs> Little did they know. <laughs> they, they soon found I out. didn't know either. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So you were, you, you know, you were starting to learn more about it by you know, breaking through and getting some answers um, from people, maybe a few states, a few hours away by car. But where did you start to really turn that corner and start making some real money? Well, let's see. So I passed the exam in March that year. In August, I finally felt like I could try to do the job. I felt like I'd learned enough and and had a couple of people in place that I could go to and ask questions, which is really, really key. So that first year from September to December is when I actually worked. And I closed just a little over a million dollars in properties. I think it was like five deals. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, so you started, you're starting to get warmed up and you're starting to feel more comfortable. And um, I guess as you're doing that, um, are you feeling, are you starting to feel like that imposter syndrome is going away? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, every deal, there's going to be unknowns in real estate you're never going to be a hundred percent knowledgeable, but you're always going to know where you can go to get the answers. So it's about learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and each deal builds a little bit more confidence. Yeah. Now you're in residential real estate and I know we've spoken to some women in commercial real estate here on the Hazard Girls podcast, but we haven't really delved into the residential real estate world. I know that um, as far, well, you can tell us, do you know, as far as, um, you know, women versus men uh, numbers wise, is it about even, are there more women? In in our community, there's a lot of men, but uh, women outnumber the men still. Yeah, that's so interesting. And, and I, I wonder how that pans out. You know, a lot of fields, you'll see that, yes, there are a lot of women in that field, but when you get to the leadership positions, um, it's, it is mostly men. And that's the area that really women really need to focus on breaking through. Do you see that in, in residential real estate in your community as well? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Because when you said that, it made me think, hmm, how's our leadership at our brokerage? And, uh, you know, we've got a a man who owns this part of the franchise and then his key people are are men except for one so yeah how there's would you, definitely what, one what would you say is well, how, what are some areas that can improve as far as being more friendly to helping women climb the leadership ranks of an of the commercial real estate sector well, in commercial, I'm, I don't I'm really sorry, residential. Have, I'm okay. at residential. Yeah, I do. Um, I don't know how applicable it is in that we're, we work for ourselves. Yeah. So we're all independent contractors. So we're competing with ourselves out mm-hmm. there, you know? So what's great about real estate is it's a limitless ceiling. As mm-hmm. far as you know, growth, sales, income, everything. What characteristics are good characteristics to have if you want to get into this field? So, say you're, um, say you're a young person looking, or you know, you you got into the field later. So I don't even have to say young person. Let's say you know you're looking for a new career. 
doesn't matter what age you are. Um, and you want to know if your personality would match that field. Do you, what would you say are some characteristics that work in real estate as far as residential real estate? Yeah, I love that. I deal with this all the time because I my focus is helping new agents. So any agents I've brought on my team personally, they're all new. And mm -hmm. what I look for is someone who's driven and has a strong work ethic is flexible. You've got to be you you it's I think it's really important to have a learning mentality mm -hmm. and that will help through the process because there's just so much to learn. But for me, I really want someone who has good good personal skills and mm -hmm. is driven and ready to step out of their comfort zone. It's mm -hmm. really important that you can move past that. And do you see a lot of people getting into real estate as like a second or third career? Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of people have it as a, you know, they hang on to their primary job and get their license and take this on as part time. So on my team right now, I have two agents that have full time jobs and are doing real estate part time. Someone else who was in that situation, but has since been able to give up her full time job and do real estate full time. Mm -hmm. Okay. So as far as your book because you wrote it, is it a, a is it a book what would you call it pamphlet well it, it is a book okay it's, i don't know the exact page count but i know it's over 100 if that, that oh yeah helps decide but we call it a guide because mm -hmm. essentially that's what it is it's to help guide new and struggling agents through the process yeah tell us about it what made you decide because you you're obviously you are successful as a realtor so you're doing what you've dreamed of doing and you're making it happen. You found the, you found the key to make it work for yourself. So what makes you want to share that with others, especially in this competitive field? A lot of nights of crying after passing huh. the real estate exam and being so overwhelmed and wondering how I was going to do it. You know, at the end of the day, I needed to quickly figure out how to take care of three kids and all my bills mm -hmm. as a single mom. And the reality is the whole time that, that those first months, I, I just couldn't believe that there wasn't something available that would bridge the gap. I joined a brokerage that has enormous training. They're phenomenal. They're, if you're not successful with them, then it's your fault because they offer everything for you for the learning process. But there's this window right after passing the exam that there's nothing. And is it that doesn't. Be, is that before you get into the brokerage? Yes. Well, okay. no. So it's the whole, the reality is the perfect time for this book is not only when you're a new agent or struggling, but if you're in real estate school. Or mm -hmm. I had a friend who said, you know, I would read that if I was thinking about going into real estate, because based on reading it, I can get a better idea if that even fits for me. And that way I'm not wasting my time and my money. Mm -hmm. So that made a lot of sense too. So going back to earlier when I mentioned passing the exam and having no clue how to do the job, mm -hmm. imagine that that feeling does not have to be there. This right. book could be in someone's hands. And it. one of the first chapters is 
joining a brokerage? What questions should I ask? Well, you know, you don't know anything about the job. So therefore, how would you have any clue what questions to ask the brokerage to make sure it's even a good fit for you? So I break that section down for somebody. You know, if if money's the most important factor, here's the questions to ask for that. If it's mm -hmm. cultural, if it's if community-based, if they're involved in the community, whatever's important to that individual, I've outlined good questions for them to ask so they can help navigate that situation of just even joining a brokerage. Hmm. Okay. Um and so the guy, the guy that it walks you through like what to do when you're first getting out, finishing your exam, and then you're looking to brokerages, and maybe you're interviewing brokerages. Um, what comes next? What what happens once you decide on uh, brokerage and that brokerage accepts you? What's that process like, first of all? Well, I would only know the brokerage that I'm with, right? Okay. Because that's I'm just a one and done kind of thing, <laughs> and so they'll get you all signed up on the different platforms and software you need to learn and mm -hmm. outline training for you, but not all brokerages offer a lot of training. So in what I cover in there is letting the agent know what the job entails, what they need to have in their car, how to find clients and customers and what they can do. So that way, if someone's joining a brokerage and there's not a lot of training, then that also, you know, works for them even more, right? Because they can have that in their hand. They can just flip to the chapter that they need. Mm -hmm. And you have a Facebook group as well, right? Yes, we do. And in the Facebook group, do these questions come up where people are now feeling amenable to helping each other answer these types of things? Well, we haven't, we have the, the private Facebook group, but we haven't opened it to other people just yet. So. Mm -hmm. um, that that's happening uh, later this month or early June. Okay. And how does somebody get involved with the Facebook group? Like if they can, do they have to buy the book and become a member to join? Uh, well, we have different, different things. We, we have the book, we have the podcast. The podcast is free. Of course, uh -huh. they can go to uh, real AF program on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, whatever. And uh, from there, they can, I welcome questions. People message me privately all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm always up for that because I just love the process. And then, of course, we have our website. So they can get linked to everything through our website, realafprogram.com. Do you want to share some tips uh, for, from the book or from the, from the mentoring that you do for new agents? Tips. Well, usually it's topic specific, mm -hmm. um, but I think my my advice would be to connect. It's really important to connect with someone who has the heart of a teacher, really, because that's what you need. There's so many different parts to this job, and having someone who has the patience to work with you and the time because a lot of agents get lost. There's a lot of well-meaning mentors, but they're really busy with their, uh -huh. their own real estate job. Uh, uh -huh. That's actually how I got someone on my team <laughs> because she had another mentor and that person just didn't make the time for her. So yeah. I, I'm happy to have her. Um, so connecting with 
someone who can mentor you, uh, training, getting into programs. There's a lot of good uh, places on Facebook, believe it or not, too. Um, it's just that so much comes at you that it's just really overwhelming. And, and that's where the book helps because it breaks it down into easy to read portions mm-hmm. and shortened to the point because there's just so many things to learn and know. And what is the real app exactly? Oh, wow. You know, there's so much we have to have in our car. It's crazy. Nobody ever really even thinks about it. But imagine you're at an open house and a smoke detector's chirping. That's super annoying. And that will not help help you keep people in the house walking around, right? Having that go off or squeaky doors. You know, there's just so many things. So in the toolkit, we put a lot of things that agents can use. Not everything, because there's there's definitely some room in that bag. Um, but a clipboard, a marble, or a tennis ball works great for finding out if a floor is level. Nine volt batteries for the smoke detectors, uh, shoe covers, uh, antibacterial um, gel, hammer. You need a hammer for putting in your signs. Sometimes you need a screwdriver to open up the smoke detectors. There's just so many things. Um, notebook, pen, flashlight. Yeah. I don't even I have the list so, in so front of me. A, I'm like, this is a physical toolkit. It's not, it's not just a theory. It's not toolkits. It's actually a toolkit. So when and a really nice black canvas bag. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, and, and do, can people buy these separately or is this part of the, the whole package deal? They can buy it separately. And I have a custom logo lock box that we're also putting in the, the toolkit. So cool. Okay. So, and this is a great gift for realtors. So if you know anybody graduating from real estate or <laughs> starting true. a real estate or just even anyone, I, I'd say working in the real estate industry, this is a really good gift. Um, okay. And I wanted to, I leave a few extra minutes here. So I'm, I would love to hear about, you know, your formula for balancing, because I know you said you mentioned you're a single mom of three. And so you entered this field of real estate after divorce, you were looking for a new uh, start and a new career. Tell us about it. What was it like? Then or now? What was it like then? <laughs> Tell us the story. What was it like then? And then you can mm. give us some tips on. Well, it was all a challenge. Um, I think what helped me is that I was a stay-at-home homeschool mom, right? Mm-hmm. So what's interesting, like earlier you had asked, well, what skills does someone need to have? And someone Mm -hmm. might be listening and thinking, oh, I don't have what it takes. But the reality is I had absolutely nothing, but I was a stay-at-home mom. So if you think about that, that's massive time management. Oh my gosh. When you say you're a (laughs) stay-at-home mom who teaches and homeschools, that is definitely a huge right? skill set. <laughs> I do not have that skill set. <laughs> three three yeah, grades, three different learning styles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I de- it's I actually sourced out curriculum, I created curriculum, I built the lesson plans, I did the grading. It was a lot. And I look back now and I think, "Oh my goodness, that so prepared me for what I'm yeah. doing right now." because I can do that stuff in my sleep. Like I have people that outsource getting their documents done because they don't like that. I love having my hands on all that. Mm-hmm. 
And it probably goes back to that period of time. So time management, uh, multitasking, you know, I know there's a, a lot of talk about no one should multitask. We can only do one thing at a time well, but I, I don't have that mindset. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really good at multitasking. Yeah, I definitely multitask all day long. And I, but I know people, I won't mention my husband. Okay, I did. Whoops. <laughs> Who do not like multitasking. And it's something that really gets on their nerves. So yeah, but I don't know. As women, isn't it just something we kind of do? And we're used to I it? do think that we are more naturally gifted in that department. I really do. <laughs> it doesn't mean that we wouldn't be doing that one item better if we were so solely focused right. on it. You know, I'm definitely not against that. It's just, you know, that's not my world. I need to juggle everything. So my kids saw me starting college and taking the classes. Actually, one of my teenagers, well, at that time, there, she, she was the only teenager, uh, had to teach me how to turn on the laptop and upload documents and uh, I, she had to teach me APA citation, all that stuff. So my kids really went through that journey and they, they're really proud of me. They say it all the time, which is just, just really heartwarming. But I know that the lessons they've seen since really since 2013, um, it's all stored back there for them. And they'll be able to pull on that if they ever end up in situations where, and I don't mean divorce. I mean, just any situation, like set your mind to something and follow Mm -hmm. through with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I can only imagine what huge inspiration you must be to the three of them who who watched you basically create a whole new career for yourself and, and succeed so wildly in it. And you're still going, you still, you, you, you're still, you still have new projects coming forward. What are you working on um, next? What's next for you? Uh, next is just still building my team and making sure there's eight of us on there that the new agents all feel supported um, and encouraged. And I want to see them build their own success. That That's really, really important to me. Um, for my new company, it's about growing and and getting the name out there and, and helping other agents so they don't feel so lost at that time. So over the next few months, we'll be building a webinar and put that out there and mm-hmm. definitely um, a little touring, I think, is in the future. Oh, like a, like a national tour? Well... Not that big, <laughs> but like getting, dream big. getting <laughs> dream big, right? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> bookstores and mm-hmm. uh, conferences and going to brokerages and schools yeah. of education. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's great. It's great. Um, okay. So people are going to want to find you. This is such a important book that you wrote because, you know, I can relate to this actually, Julie, because when I got out of law school, um, it was a similar situation where if you don't go to a place for a lot of my peers, I went to a place that trained me, but if you go to, don't go to a place that trains you to work the job, you're, you can be, end up very lost coming out of law school. So, and I, I imagine it's, it's very a similar feeling. And so if you can be 
that support for the people that are going through that when they come out, that is huge and so needed. Yeah, absolutely. I, it just gradually developed into a massive passion, each agent I brought onto the team and it never left me, uh, my idea of wondering why the heck a book wasn't out there in Mm -hmm. 2018 when I needed it. Yeah. Imagine. And it, it sounds like a small thing, a a book, but it actually can be so life-changing and important to people. So it's Mm -hmm. great that you did it. Where can our listeners find you and find the book and find the toolkit, all that stuff and your podcast? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Spodcast is on all the platforms, uh, including Spotify and Apple. Our website is uh, realafprogram.com and you can link to anything right there. We are on Facebook and Twitter, TikTok and Instagram. So cool. And I, I love that you got, you got into this field as a later in life in your late forties. Um, I, I think that should be completely normalized. I think it is, I think so many successful women did start at that later age. And I think we don't talk about it enough and we don't normalize it enough. Mm-hmm. It's so inspirational to, you know, people who are not there yet. So thank you for sharing your story. Julie Chen, founder of the Real AF program and the author of the Real AF Guide for New Real Estate Agents. Thank you, thank you so, so much, much for having me today. It was a lot of fun, Julie. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.